to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see each of you. I want to welcome those joining us online again. Thank you so much for being a part of the church here, uh, church at Bushland. So grateful for all that God is doing. Uh, God is doing a lot here. Uh, in the coming days, weeks, months, you're going to hear more and more about what God's doing here, but he is doing a great work here, uh, a lot that you can see, a lot you can't see, and so very excited uh, about what God's doing. So I'm in a series uh, called History, and basically we're looking at history because history is his story. It, it doesn't need to be erased. It needs to be embraced and so these are not Bible stories. This is Bible history because these aren't just little fairy tale stories that are made up. These are real, live, living, breathing stories that are in the Bible. It's the history of the Bible. And, and I'm walking you through it, not so much because I don't think you know the stories, but I'm walking you through it because I want you to see that the way God moved in the Old Testament, in those individuals, is the same God moving today. He's directing the same, speaking the same, nudging the day, guiding the same. That's the same God. So when you go through stuff or you come up against stuff or you find yourself in stuff or you're in a decision to be made or you have something going on in your life that you understand that the same God that did this, he's doing it today that you don't give up and lose heart and lose faith, that you know that the same God is fighting for you. It's not just something we say. It's not just some lyric in a song about the same God. That's the real deal. He is that. And so what I want you to see in these guys and these ladies that we'll look at, I want you to see their lives. I want you to see what set them apart. I want you to see why God picked them, chose them, raised them up for such a time as he did. And what was, what was about them that needs to be about us? What, is, what were they doing? What did they do that caught God's eye? What did you learn from them? What can you put in practice in your own life? That's why we wanna do it. Because if the same God moved in in those kind of people, then the same God is moving today in those kind of people. And we wanna be those people. We wanna be that church, all right? And so I want you to see that and to see these people. Today, we're looking at Moses. And boy, that was a lot to Moses, okay? Some of you are like worried because you're like, man, we're not even gonna make lunch, much less dinner. Right? There is a lot. You're gonna make lunch and you'll get dinner, okay? Cowboys kick at 12 if you dare to watch. But here's what, I'm sorry, I love the Cowboys. I grew up by Dallas, all right? But, but here's what I want you to see. I, there's a lot to Moses. What I want to do today is I want to, I want to walk you into Moses, but we're going to kind of stop on what I really believe is probably one of the most pivotal times in the story of Moses. It's where it all began, honestly. There's a lot to it after that. I mean, at, we're going to look at the burning bush, okay? But, but then you have 
Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. Uh, you, you, you have, I mean, you have crossing the Red Sea. There's a lot you can look at Moses, all right? I mean, but, but what I want to do is I want you to see what took place first and how it took place, why it took place, and what, what was it about Moses that got God's attention and how did God get his attention, okay? Hebrews 13, 8, that's kind of our theme. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, same yesterday, today, and forever. If it helps you, God's same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the verse. That's not just a you know, warm, fuzzy, you know, blanket kind of fire kind of blanket, I mean, a verse. That is a verse of power. It's not just feel-good verse. It is a verse that, that should give you a little octane in your tank. It ought to breathe a little confidence in your life that no matter what I come up against, no matter what I face, no matter where God takes me, no matter where God calls me to do, I have the same God today, for to, yesterday, today, and forever. My God is not changing. So if my God could do it then, my God's doing it now, my God can do it in the future. That's my God. And when you pray, you pray that way with confidence, knowing that my God still moves, still does things. He still breaks chains, sets people free, moves mountains, makes the crooked straight. He still can do all of that because my God does not change. Malachi 3.6 echoes that. Malachi 3.6 says this, I, the Lord, do not change. I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 11.1 says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So if we're gonna follow God in faith, we have to understand that faith has two parts. We talked about it before. Two parts to faith. Faith has two words that define it. You have to believe, but then you have to trust. You can't just believe and call it faith because the Bible says that even demons believe that there is God. But you have to have faith and believe in God, but then you have to step out and trust God. Because if you don't trust him and all you say is you believe him, you really don't have faith in him. If God tells me to step, I can't say, well, show me the step and I'll step. That's not faith. Faith is God says step, I step. God, the creator, makes a step. So that my foot, out of obedience to God, in its motion of stepping, lands on a solid rock Call the step. Then that's called faith. Then when God says step again, I'll step again. But I have not, it's not my place to tell God to show me a step before I step. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. And the Bible says, I don't walk by sight, I walk by faith. That means what God calls me, he will provide for me. If God calls me, I, he will make a way. I don't have to hear nothing but his voice to know it's God. You say, well, what a, don't you wanna see all the stuff that God says go to? No, I don't need to see it. It's helpful. <laughs> it does help, but I don't need to see it. I just know to know it's God. It's God. Not bad pizza, hot Dr. Pepper, all right? 
It's not a bad restaurant, not before, it's God. Amen? It's just God. We have gotten to the point as a people, a church, and as believers, that we do not hear his voice like we used to. We have got to get back to hearing his voice. My friends, let me say something to you. If you, there's a lot of voices out there, you got to hear his voice. Do you hear his voice? The greatest voice you can ever, ever hear is your father's voice. It's the greatest voice. Once you hear it and you step in faith and he comes through for you, guess what you yearn for? I need to hear his voice again. Call me again, God. Say my name again, God. I'll step, I'll go. Because I know you're that guy. You don't change, you're the same guy. We use the illustration of a chair. My little friend, the chair is out here with us again today. So that's a chair, not because I tell you it's a chair, right? Just because I believe that's a chair does not make that a chair. That's a chair because we all know that's a chair. We've been told it's a chair. We believe it's a chair. But for that to really be a chair, I have to go over and take my belief in something and be willing to put my trust in something. See, I can say, oh, yeah, God, he's a great God. He's a wonderful God. He's the best God in the world. You know why I'm saying all that? Everything's good in my life. But when it gets real tough, is he still that great God? Can he still come through? You say, well, Jeff, it's hard to believe in God when everything's not going your way. You're right. But the real test of faith is believing in a God that can when you can't see he's doing it. When you can't see him, can you still sit and trust him? Can you stay in the seat long enough to see God do breakthrough? Don't give up on God. He never gave up on you. He said from Calvary, you're worthy, and he finished the cross. Don't ever give up on him. If you hear his voice, you stay with that voice. You stay with the voice. Never quit the voice. Never give up on the voice. If God said it, God will do it. If God called your name, he's gonna stay with your name. What God started in you, he will continue and complete it till the day Christ Jesus. He hadn't quit. He hadn't given up. So the chair, you gotta believe it's a chair, but also to make it faith, you gotta trust enough to sit in the chair. When those two words are combined, belief and trust, then you have faith. One without the other is not faith. Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if believing and trusting make faith, then without both of them connected in my life and, and being emulated in my life, then if I don't have faith, and without faith, I can't please God. I can't please God if I just come to church. Coming to church, a beautiful thing. But when I come to church and God speaks in, through the word or through worship or in prayer, and he speaks my name, and I, I believe I heard God, then I gotta go out there and trust that I heard God and go do what God told me to do. When I do that, that is faith, all right? You can't please God without faith. James 2.22 says this, you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what? He did. His faith and action working together. I believe you. I trust you. That's faith. They work together. I can't just say believe. I got to trust. What area of your life right now that you believe God is the same God, but you're not trusting? You're not trusting. 
If you believe he is the same God, then trust him to see it through. I'm telling you, he's working, 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 and he's moving. You gotta not just believe it, but you gotta trust it. You gotta trust it. So look at Moses. We've walked through each individual. We talked about Noah. No Noah in the ark, all right? Then we went to uh, Abraham. Abraham, the father of a nation, all right, great leader. Then we went to Joseph. Joseph was last week, everything against Joseph, but he continued to press in the God. He continued to be the man that God called him to be, and he eventually saved his whole family and a nation. So we leave Joseph, okay? He's all, remember Joseph, they all came back to Egypt and they settled in Egypt. Now, when they're in Egypt, at that time, they all settle back and so we get in the Exodus, all right? And we're about to get into where Moses is born, all right? But, but Joseph and all his family, his brother and all that generation, they die off. A new king, a new Pharaoh, is, is, it comes to the, to the top. This Pharaoh does not know anything about little Joseph. They don't know it. They don't know Joseph, okay? And so all this takes place and all this new Pharaoh knows is that, that he is the, the big chief of, 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 of Egypt, but, but the Israelites are just, man, they're just multiplying. Why? Because God told them to multiply. And so he looks around, he says, there's Israelites all over the place, all right? Like ants. And he tells the midwives, I want you to go and make sure you kill all the male babies. Don't let any more male babies be born. Uh, I gotta stop these Israelites. So, that, so he puts that decree out there and, and, and he gets frustrated because it's not happening. They just continue to increase. And he gets madder and madder. And then he says to them, now all male babies that are born, I want you to throw the male babies into the Nile River. All right, we don't want more, no more. The girls can be born, boys cannot be born. All right, during this time, this is when Moses is born. If you remember, and I'm gonna give real short, Moses is born and his mom hides him for three months, okay? She fears though she can't keep hiding him. So she makes a basket. This is where we know it from Sunday school, all right? Makes a basket, puts Moses in the basket, takes him down to the Nile River, puts him in the reeds. That's the real tall grass that grows around. Hides him in there. Now, he, uh, she set up Moses' sister to watch because she knows that Pharaoh's daughter always goes down uh, that path to bathe. Pharaoh's daughter comes down, bathes in the, in the, in the Nile River, and uh, she sees the basket, goes over, the baby's crying. So obviously Moses' sister's right there. And Moses' sister says to Pharaoh's daughter, do you want me to go get a Hebrew woman to nurse this child? And, and Pharaoh's daughter says, yes, go get, go get a Pharaoh woman. So obviously, I mean, who is she gonna get? She gets her mom, which is Moses' mom. Some of you are like, I nursed my child and, and, and that didn't work out. So what, what happens here is, she gets paid by Pharaoh's daughter to nurse this baby. And some of y'all are like, I got ripped off. I nursed all my kids, never got paid one time. <laughs> all right? I'm not asking you to identify with, the, with Pharaoh's daughter here, okay? I'm just asking you to do, this is Moses' story, all right? So, so I'm sorry if you feel cheated, all right? Work through that as I preach. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, that that's how it all set up. So here's Moses' mom, unbeknownst to Pharaoh's daughter, nursing her own child, all right? So we know later that Pharaoh's daughter adopts the child or basically becomes the mother of the child. And so 
Moses grows up, he gets older, he begins to want to go out and see his people. And so the Israelites at this time are slaves to the Egyptians, and they treat, him, they treat the Israelites bad, mean. They, they, they beat them up. They, they make them do terrible things. Their life is terrible. They groan and moan all the time because this is a miserable situation. And so Moses goes out, he sees this. One occurrence comes where uh, these Egyptians are, uh, these, they're, they're, they're beating up and, 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 and really just bullying the Israelite person. And he killed the Israelite person. And so Moses sees this and Moses looks around and no one's looking. So Moses goes and murders that person, okay? And so then Moses flees because Pharaoh gets wind of this and he's afraid Pharaoh's gonna come get him. So he flees, he, he ends up, getting married. Uh, he ends up attending a flock. He's out. He's tending his, his flock. And uh, it's his father-in-law's uh, animals. It's Jethro's animals. And so he's out in the back. And it says in Scripture, in Exodus 3, and we're about to look at it, that he goes way back to the backside of the desert. He's way out there. All right. And all of a sudden, he sees a bush. And this bush catches on fire. <laughs> now, I'm going to say something to you. You ever on the backside of a desert and you see a bush catch on fire, you tell, you ask yourself, am I going to go over to that bush or I'm going to run? I'm going to go check that bush out because you don't see that every day. So this bush catches on fire. So Moses sees this. This bush is burning. Moses goes over to the bush, okay, which I would go over to the bush as well. And part what drove Moses to that bush was that bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. It's burning, but it doesn't burn up. It's just burning. So I want you to see this. Go to Exodus chapter three, because some of y'all are like, I don't know if that's true. Go to Bible, go to your Bible. Exodus chapter three, look at verse four. Exodus three, four. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, this is Moses, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And Moses said, I have, I'm sorry, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Now, listen to me. He, he sees the bush. He, he, come, he comes to the bush. God speaks to him from the bush. He, he, he says, I've seen the misery of my people. So you know at that point, Moses absolutely knows that God knows everything going on. And he knows then who he's speaking because he's seen the misery as well. So I want you to go down, uh, go to verse 13 for the sake of time. Go all the way down to 13, chapter three. Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you and to ask me, what is your name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. Remember, he's supposed to go and tell them to let my people go. All right, look at verse 15. God says to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord your God, the, your father, the God of Abraham, 
the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent you, sent me to you. This is my name forever. Watch this. The name by which I am to be remembered from this generation to this generation. He says, what is my name? My name is I am. And my name is not I am today. My, my name is I am forever. From this generation to this generation to this generation. You know what we are being commissioned with? We're being commissioned to walk with faithfully our eyes fixed on the great I am who never changes and teach our children so they can teach their children and their children teach their children that he is what? That name forever. He's a great I am. That's what we're commissioned to do as a church, as a people group. You say, what is the fire in this? So this bush catches on fire. I've always wondered, what is the fire? When I see this, when I look at this, what God has shown me that this bush, this fire, I think it represents the Holy Spirit of God. I know that God speaks from the bush, but can I tell you something? God speaks today from the Holy Spirit to me and you. The Holy Spirit is speaking today. The Holy Spirit is many times symbolized by fire, all right, by flame. It says sometimes that the Holy Spirit sends a burn out there. I believe that symbolism is at play here. See, what happens is the Old Testament foreshadows the New Testament. So all through the Old Testament, you can see things in the Old Testament that draw conclusions. You can draw light to. You can see uh, New Testament things. The ark was foreshadowing of salvation because what? God made a way. He saved his people. You say the same thing in the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea. I believe this right here is the Holy Spirit of God. I believe today there are many people today, you, you'll hear them say this, man, pastor, I'm just saying, if I, I think I hear God, I think this is what God's saying. I'm pretty sure this is what God's saying, but I'm not sure this is what God's saying. If God could just go back and set a bush in my front yard on fire, mm, I'd, be, I'd be good. I'd just be good. If God, God, see that red oak? That's a pretty tree. If that thing caught on fire right now, I know that's you. I know. And I'd go do what you told me to do. Can I say something to you? On this side of Calvary, he ain't burning no bushes anymore. You know why? Because he don't need a bush. He came as the Holy Spirit. When Jesus speaks to me through the Holy Spirit, <laughs> I don't ever want to go back to the bush. I got better than the bush. I got Jesus. Anybody with me? When the Holy Spirit speaks, whoo! Oh, when the Holy Spirit says my name, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, that's better than a bush on fire in my front yard, by far. And see, listen, there's nothing better than God speaking. That's what he wants to do. That's his desire. He says, that's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna call you by name. Today, he says, I speak, what? By the Holy Spirit. I speak to my kids through the Holy Spirit. He is speaking through the Holy Spirit today, it's better than a bush. I want you to see it. Go to John 14. John 14. John 14, look at verse 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him 
because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he, for he lives with you and will be, with, be in you. I know the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. When did the Holy Spirit get inside of me? At salvation. It's better because he's not on the outside anymore. He's on the inside living inside of me. The great counselor, go down to verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. He will teach you what? All things and remind me of all things that he has said to me. Go over to John 16, one page over in my Bible. I don't know how many on yours. John 16, look at verse seven. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now look down at verse 12. I have much to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Watch this. He will not speak on his own. own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will never speak but except on, on his own authority, but only say what he hears the Father say. Only say. When Moses approached that burning bush, God spoke from the bush to Moses. Now, today, we have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. The greatest thing in the world, given the empower his people, the church, for, for all that God has. I can today, as a born-again child of the King, hear God speak to me through the Holy Spirit. When I approach the Holy Spirit, when I come to the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit lands fresh, I hear God's voice. God, does, God speaks, what? From his authority, but what he hears the Father say. He speaks directly to him. One of the most important things that the Holy Spirit does is speak to his kids. Do you know what God wants more than anything? More than anything. What God wants more than anything is not world peace. All right, it would help. But what God wants more than anything is for you and me to be born again. From Genesis 1, he has desired a relationship with me and you. That's what he's desired. When Adam and Eve sinned, God ran away. Is that what your Bible says? No. When Adam and Eve sinned, God ran to them. Let me tell you something, he's still doing it today. When sinners when we sin, when we mess up, when we're far from God, God pursues us. How does he pursue us? He pursues us by the Holy Spirit of God, chasing us down, knocking at our heart's door. We got a doorknob on the inside of our heart, not on the outside. He's a gentleman, will never knock it in, he will never open it. You have to open up your life, open up your heart, and invite the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of you. you once you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. What does he want more than anything for you and me? He wants you to be born again because he wants a relationship with you. Why does he want that? Because God wants to speak. That's what he wants to do. You know what he wants to speak? He wants to speak your name. He said, well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, he tells us in the Bible. John 10, 3 says that he knows his sheep, and the sheep know him. And he calls them what? By name, and they hear his voice and follow him. And it says right under that, it says, my sheep will never, never 
follow a stranger's voice. What we need more than anything as a church today, as a people today, those of us who are born again, know the Lord, have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we need to hear the Father. Above all the voices in our lives, we need to hear the Father because what he wrote on us is what he's trying to produce in us. What he wants us to do from the very beginning of time when he knit us together in Psalm 139, he's had a plan and a destiny for each one of us. He wants to speak it to us. So real quickly, I wanna go over how God speaks and how I hear. Two most important things. How God speaks and how I hear. And I'm gonna go fast if you're taking notes. Right quickly. How God speaks, number one, he speaks through the word, through the Bible. This is God's number one way to speak right here. Right here. He is the bread of life, right? He is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of God. If we're gonna increase our faith, like the faith of Old Testament people that we look at, then why is there faith all? Our faith increases as the word increases. When your word increases, your faith increases. If your, word, if your faith decreases, it's because your word time has decreased. God speaks through his word. Number two, God speaks in worship. We just came through a very powerful worship set. We have a beautiful worship team led by Paxton, all right? He brings us to the throne every week, man. In that worship, man, God speaks in that worship. God falls in that worship. The Holy Spirit lands in that worship. God's moving and touching and speaking through worship. Do you hear him? Is your life surrounded outside of Sunday morning by worship? I know what you get Sunday morning, but have you surrounded your life as a tabernacle and a worship center of worship in your home, in your bedroom, in your car, wherever you find yourself, create an atmosphere of worship because God speaks through the Holy Spirit in worship big time. And in prayer, prayer is two-way conversation. It's not us telling God what to do, right? It's not us telling God all of our problems. I think he's pretty aware of everything going on in your life, right? So it's not us talking to God, it's us listening to God as well. Communication happens when I talk to someone and I'd be quiet long enough to hear them talk back to me, okay? Are you doing that with God? Because that's what prayer is. Prayer is not a bunch of fancy words. God doesn't, God never said prayer is fancy words. Religion said that. Is that correct? Nope. I mean, religion makes you mad anyway. So why repeat everything they do? All right? Religion is just a bunch of catchy words and a bunch of words, a bunch of church words that confuse us and we don't have a fat clue what they are. God said, I don't need a bunch of words. He even told a group of people, I know your words. <laughs> oh my gosh, flapping lips. I know your words, but your heart's far from me. Listen to me. Prayer is communication, talking to God. I talk to God. God talks to me. Are you, are you, are you, is your prayer life like that? Fourth thing is this, people. God speaks through people. No doubt God speaks through people. But here's the deal. As a born-again child of the king, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, make sure you surround yourself with people doing the same thing. Because if you're asking other people about what you might need to do or what God's showing you or direction in your life or anything like that, if those people don't know the Lord, how can they speak on your behalf? How can people that don't have the Spirit speak to the Spirit? 
How, how's that happening? I'm not saying they're bad people. Just don't ask them to interpret what God's showing you in the scripture, all right? Ask people that walk with God to speak into your life because God speaks through people. Last is this, circumstances. Yes, God uses circumstances. There is absolutely no doubt. God uses creation in any form because he made it, all right? So God can use circumstances. But here's what I'm saying to you. There's a reason circumstances last. Don't make circumstance first. This right here is first, the word of God. Let God speak through his word. If you hear his word, you walk in it. If circumstances get tough, that doesn't disqualify his word. Does that make sense? Now, there can be times that circumstances, along with what somebody said or how you're feeling in prayer or something God showed you in worship or something God begins to show you in the word that changes that, all right? But circumstances by itself cannot disqualify God's voice in your life. It can be a gauge to interpret, but not a gauge you listen to, all right? Just because it gets tough doesn't mean it's not God. And just because it's easy doesn't mean it is God. Amen? I mean, do you think building an ark for 100 years was easy? It was not. Living with 1,600 animals that poop for one year and one month, that's not easy, all right? That's not. Abraham, father of the nation, Moses, we're about to see them. Moses leading a bunch of people. Lead them somewhere, manna falls from heaven. They're happy, joyful, dancing, singing. Then Moses leads them some more. They start griping. He just brought out here to kill us. He don't even like us. Our God's sorry, God. He doesn't mean God. He don't even like us. And then he has to go back and face them every time. It's like, what is wrong with y'all? I mean, we have short-term memory loss sometimes as believers. God does something for us. We say, man, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Psalm 150, everything has bread, praise the Lord. And a week later, you meet that person, they're like, oh my God, my life's terrible. I mean, come on, man. Can you not walk in the joy of the Lord longer than a week? If God is good, and he is, if God's the same God, walk in that. I'm not telling you circumstances are great. They're tough. But don't let circumstances disqualify God's voice. If God said it, even if it gets tough, walk in it. Because your God will always honor his voice and his word in your life. All right? Psalm 119, 105. I talked about this before. Your words are lamp into my feet and light into my path. I've taught you this. In order to find yourself when you're confused, disoriented, lost, um, just not in the right frame of mind, the number one thing you got to do is find out where you are. Where are you? All right? The best way to do that is finding the Word. The Word will light up your feet, okay, and it will light your path. Not your path first, because if you're lost already, the last thing you need is another path. You're going to get lost there too. You need to light your feet up so you'll know the path that God is shining light on or breathing on, and you follow that. All right? So what you see is how God does that. He illuminates that. All right? So I want to give you how I hear God. Okay? This is where a lot of people mess up. They, they, they know God speaks, but they don't know how to listen to God. So if you need to learn to listen to God, I'm going to give you real practical stuff real fast. Number one, you got to get still. You just got to get still, man. Some of you are like, preacher, I got idea. I can't be still. I move all the time. Listen, I move all the time too, but I can get still. It's a discipline. It's a habit. You got to teach yourself how to do it. So find a place, find an area. I mean, deer stand, duck blind, back of a truck, end of a road, laying in a pasture, sitting in your room, back 
patio. It doesn't matter where it is. Find a place that's your place. Protect it. Guard it. It's your tabernacle. It's your sanctuary. It's where you hear God. You got to be still. Psalm 46, 10 says, Psalm 46, 10 says this. Be still. Know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Secondly, you got to do this. You got to turn yourself off. You got to turn yourself off. The hardest thing to do is turn me off. You know you better than anybody else. I know me better than anybody else. I know when it's me and I know when it's God. Amen. In order to hear God, you got to turn you off. You just got to turn you off. You know if you're emotional. You know if you're jumpy. You know if you're a knee-jerk guy. You know if you like to go. You're like one thing. God like whisper, poof, gone. Like, dude, he ain't finished. He just started the sentence. No, I already know, man, I'm gone. Sit for a little bit and hear the Father. Everything is cloudy until you sit and turn you off, and then it becomes clear. Problem is we don't sit long enough and turn ourselves off. We just out there trying to fix everything. All we do is make more messes. Turn yourself off. And when you turn yourself off, say, Holy Spirit, I want to turn you on. See, and this is key, man. You got to turn you off, turn him on. If you can do that, get still, turn you off, say, God, I'll, I don't want to hear nothing else. Turn me off, I want to turn you on. I want you, Holy Spirit, to speak. You, Holy Spirit, speak. Then ask the Lord, simple thing. God, speak to me. Just say it. Say, God, speak to me. Speak to me. Above all voices, I want your voice. Above all voices, I want your voice. John 10, 3, we talked about it a while ago. John 10, 3, Jesus says, I know my sheep, my sheep know me, okay? I call them each mm, by name. They hear my voice and they follow me. It, what, what did he say? I call them by what? By name, by name. I want to take you back to Exodus 3, verse 4, and I want you to ask yourself, how did God speak to Moses? What did he say to him? Moses, Moses. John 10, 3, Exodus 3, 4. New Testament, Old Testament. Still speaks same way. Call my sheep by what? Name. Call my Moses by name. He said, Moses, Moses. I want to ask you to do me a favor. Even if you join us online, say your name out loud. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. You know what's the hardest name to say? Hardest name to say. You know why? Because <laughs> I say, Jeff, Jeff. Immediately. I think about what I'm not. My mess ups, my fumbles, where I failed him, where it wasn't enough for God. You know what else I think? Man, I can't. I stutter, God. I can't. I, mm, do you know who you're talking to? I set you free for something? Moses stuttered. You know that? Moses stuttered. Moses also killed a dude. <laughs> when you get alone, you're just like 
Moses. The Holy Spirit begins to speak and he wants to call you Dame because he wants to say to you, you're more than all that other junk. All those mess ups, all those fumbles, all those mistakes, all those times you thought you were not enough. You are enough. I'm calling you by name today. Trust me. God, I believe you can, but I don't know if I can do that. Do you know who you're talking to? God says, I know you by name. I know you. Well, God, I'm, I'm a mess up. I, 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 I can't do what you're asking me to do. That's crazy. That's a huge ask. I don't know if I can do that. Trust me. Sit in the chair. God, my marriage is a mess. My family's a mess. I'm a mess. God, I don't know if you can do this. I can do this. Sit in the chair. I'm speaking your name. What he's saying to you is Moses, Moses. And look what Moses answered. Here am I. Here am I. Nobody knows me like my God. God, here am I. I'll do it. I don't understand why you're picking me. I don't even understand why you want me to do it. This is an incredible invitation that you're giving me. This is an incredible thing you're asking me to do. But here I am. I. Here I am. I'm right here, God. You know what you're getting, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish you luck. He says, oh, I need you. I don't need luck. Just go when he says your name. I don't need a burning bush in my front yard anymore because I have a living Jesus on the other side of the tomb that has given me the Holy Spirit of God that calls my name daily. And all I gotta do is get myself in a position to hear God speak my name. And from that, my purpose will be laid out. If a church wants to know its purpose, get in a position to hear God and God to give it purpose. Last thing is this, and we're done. Habakkuk 2.2 says this. When you get still, when you turn you off, when you turn the Holy Spirit on, he's gonna speak your name. And when he speaks your name, Habakkuk 2.2 says this. Write it down. Hmm. Write it down. Write it down. We got short-term memory loss. If I ask you right now, what's the last thing God spoke to you about? It's the last thing God said to you. Some of us need to flip back and go, oh, right here, he spoke. Right here. I want you to be able to write down what he speaks and then years from now, look back and go, <laughs> yeah, that's my God. Same God. He spoke it here. He did it. And now I look back and see what he did in my life. It increases my faith to go follow God and hear his name again, hear my name again. It's a bunch of people out here that know God speaks. But do you know how to listen to him? Do you know how to hear him? I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. One of the greatest things about Moses is not all the stuff that he's about to do. They're great, they're awesome. But the burning bush, he came up to it. God said, don't come no further. And from the bush, he calls his name. The Holy Spirit lands on your life. Presence of God. He speaks, man. Wants to speak your name. Quit waiting on a burning bush. It's not gonna happen. Because now he has the Holy Spirit and he wants to speak your name today. Put yourself in a position to hear God speak. He will speak your name, write it down and walk it out. Amen. Let me pray over you. Father, we love you.
God, whether we're watching online or in the house, we want to be like Moses, man. We want to be like Moses. God, your desire is to speak our names, but we got to get still, got to turn ourselves off, got to turn the Holy Spirit on and allow you to speak our name. And God, I pray that we as a church, individually and corporately, will position ourselves so we can hear God because God still speaks today. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. God, help us see what Moses did and may we emulate what Moses did. Moses heard God and then he did what God said. He said, here am I, God, here am I. God, we love you as we worship you. I pray, Father, the Holy Spirit drives home what it said to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.